You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode with Matt Dawson. But before we get into it, I just wanted to give you all an opportunity to win a two-day ticket to the Crop Conference that we're going to be talking a whole lot about in this episode. So Matt and his wife are the founders of Crop, and I've gone to all of the Baton Rouge ones, and they've all sold out, and they've all been pretty amazing. I've done so much networking at them. I've learned so much, gotten really inspired. There's been times when I've gotten so inspired that I just want to like cry and borderline give up because some of these people are just that talented and they just blow your mind. Um, But overall, it's been such a great way to get lots of creative people in the same place at the same time. Um, It's kind of like a collective. And speaking of creative collectives, one of the organizations I'm partnering with to make this crop ticket giveaway possible is ElementOP.art. ElementOP.art is a unique artistic society for artists, curators, do-it-yourselfers, consumers, and art lovers. And they're always posting all kinds of cool stuff on Instagram and Facebook, just spotlighting different artists of all different mediums and really distinguishing them in their emerging stages. Basically, they really push virtual showcases and workshops and symposiums, and that's kind of the same thing as what I'm doing with this podcast, just like with the audio. So, so much of what I just said is in such alignment with the whole spirit of Do What You Want Radio and why I started this in the first place, which was kind of to spotlight cool people doing cool things, connect creatives, and just really motivate and inspire other people, as well as teaching myself um, how I should do what I want, because it's always easier said than done. But anyways... Crop will be taking place this year, April 18th and 19th, downtown in Baton Rouge at the Shaw Center for the Arts at Manship Theater. I think my artwork is still going to be up in the gallery, so side plug on that too. Come see that. If you win, your two-day ticket will include the full day on Thursday of workshops, that kickoff party Thursday night, all seven keynote speakers on Friday, which is like the meat of the conference and really the coolest part, and also the party on Friday. I mean, it's basically all the things, access to everything, and I'll be there too so we can totally grab a beer if you win. For a chance to win, I want you to post on Instagram, make sure it's public so we can see it, how you do what you want creatively. Tell me about it in the caption. Tell me about it with the type of photo that you post. And I need you all to tag me at Jordan Heffler, lmnop.art, which is at E-L-L-E-M-N-O-P dot art, and crop, which is at cropcons, C-R-O-P-C-O-N-S. I know your brain is probably exploding because you're driving right now and you can't remember all these words and letters, but don't you worry. I'm going to be linking it in my show notes and I'll also post a kickoff post on my Instagram tagging everyone to kind of get the ball rolling. But that's all you have to do. You have to post a picture on Instagram and tag us and tell me how you do what you want creatively. We will be picking a winner by Friday, March 8th, so you don't have to sit around too long thinking about buying a ticket because I'm going to guarantee that this is probably going to sell out, so you should probably get on that. But we just wanted to give y'all an opportunity to win your ticket instead of having to buy it. So enter, tag us. I'm really excited to see your submissions. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I am very excited to introduce my guest today, Matt Dawson. He is someone I've talked about a little bit in other episodes um, because he is a really great graphic designer. And he is also the founder with his wife of Crop Conference, which is a graphic design conference and for creators in Baton Rouge. So with that, welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. I waved. People can't see me waving. (laughs) No, I keep doing this thing where I'm like, everyone say hi. And then I'm like, there's no one to say hi. So it's just me saying hi. So um, thank you for joining me today. I know you just moved and it's been crazy. Uh, No worries. Thanks for having me. So I've been really interested to talk to you because you are a very established graphic designer and you're obviously very good at what you do. And um, I'm really interested to hear about your, your, your process of how you got to where you are and how you started a conference. Um, yeah, well, I mean, first off, thank you. Uh, I, I guess a good designer is debatable, but, uh, consistent. I've, I've been doing it for a long time now. Um, so I've been designing professionally and by professionally, I mean, I've been getting paid for it for, uh, 11 years now. Okay. Um, so I kind of, I kind of got my start um of course like i've got the same story as a lot of other people like i grew up like a really creative kid um drawing and you know art art was my thing whenever i was like super young and then music became my thing and that was still creative um but then by the time i got to college um at lsu i didn't really know what i wanted to do so i ended up um this is like a really this is a really dumb thing to do. Like I ended up just 
picking a major because my friend was doing it also and it sounded cool it was landscape architecture um and i'd always liked architecture uh but this one just sounded interesting it was outdoors and um it, but it's that's not the way you pick your career based on like what your friend's doing <laughs> um so like I, I spent four out of the five years of that program and uh it, it just wasn't cutting it for me i was like man i if I'm going to do this the rest of my life, but I don't even think I can do it like one more year, it's probably not the right thing for me. Um, and this was like early two thousands. I'm kind of old. Um, and I, I was like really paying attention to like my presentations and anytime we would do like urban planning, uh, projects, I would, I would be all about the signage. Um, and one of my professors kind of told me they're like, you know, have you ever thought about graphic design? And I, I didn't know what it was. Um, I think I think it was mostly called graphic arts back then, which is like a testament to, uh, to how long ago it was, maybe. Um, so you know, I, I started looking into it, and every, of course, everybody wants to design album covers, right? Or you know, like band posters, and that's really kind of how I got my start uh, because I was I was playing music at the time. I was in a band, and I was the resident graphic designer. Um, and I was like, oh, I can actually major in this and do this like as like a living. So I, I completely started over from scratch. Um, I I ran through my top scholarship, so I, I, I started over. And uh, back whenever it was like super easy to get. Um, and I I mean I've never regretted it like a day in my life. I, I still love doing it. Um, and that's that's kind of how i got into it uh then you know like i've had a handful of jobs uh, i've always kind of i've always kind of been a big proponent of figuring out what you don't like because mm -hmm. that helps that helps narrow down what you actually do like so I, i've kind of had a a really wide um a really wide array of design jobs that kind of led me ultimately to where to where i am today as a primary you know, primarily a branding designer. Uh -huh. Um, but you know, like I, I did the in-house thing for a couple of places. I worked in out of home advertising with Lamar there in Baton Rouge, which was an awesome job and an awesome experience. Um, I worked at an agency. I worked at, uh, PBS for a minute, which was really? cool. Uh, doing like web, like I, I'm like the worst web guy ever. Uh, <laughs> and I, some, some reason I, I was doing web stuff there. Um, I've, so I've, I've kind of, I, I did publishing, I worked for 225 for a while. Um, and all that really kind of like led me to the path where I am today, you know? So like all the, all of those experiences, while like they might not have been my favorite aspects of design, I can like one, I can do all of that stuff now mm -hmm. because I, because I had that experience and two, like it kind of helped, uh, you sharpen, you know, it, it just like helped narrow down and help me focus on what I really wanted to do, which is uh, logo design. I, or like, for better or worse, uh, a lot of people like I, I don't love this term, but they'll reach out to me and be like, "Oh, you're the logo guy, right?" It's like, yeah, I guess so, <laughs> but like, I just don't love that term. Um, so, yeah, I was doing freelance for a couple years, like completely on my own. Um, I had built up a really good freelance. Uh, I guess client list and just it, it was it was pretty successful while I had like a corporate uh, creative director job and that wasn't fulfilling during the day but I had this awesome safety net of like you know a decent salary and then you know other other income from my freelance and then like you know that, that kind of started uh, outweighing what I'm making there and I was like oh man like this could actually be a real thing. Um, so we, we didn't have, we didn't have a lot saved up and, uh, it, it was just like, I saw what I had coming in and I just couldn't do what I was doing during the day anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, this is, this is killing me. It's, it's not, it's not what I want to do. Um, and you know, it took me a long time. It took me like five years to like really build up that client list to where like it finally like eclipsed, uh, what I was making. And, uh, yeah, I went on my own. I was on my own for a couple of years, uh, which was great. And then, um, you know, I, I partnered up with an agency in Baton Rouge last year, uh, the Ash Collective. Uh, 
Um, so we've got a small little boutique agency. It's um, me and two other partners, uh, our, our, our mutual friend Drew, and then Lance. You, you never really see Lance, and uh, we've got uh, we've got a couple of really killer employees that work for us too. And um, yeah, so like that's that's kind of my design history up till uh, today, Friday. <laughs> As of today, Friday. Um, well. I've seen a lot of your logo design and it's interesting because you have a wide array of clients, like different mm-hmm. industries, but you can always tell it's your style, which can you? I can. I mean, okay. um, it's, it's been really interesting because it's like people are always so bogged down and like, I have to have a style or what's my style. And, and I think for someone like you to have a style, even though you're working with so many different types of clients, um, mm-hmm. I can at least respect that because that can't be easy. Um, but what, what is it, some of your favorite type of clients to work with? Like, is it restaurants? Is it nonprofits? Is it bands? Is it, I mean, um, I think because I got my start in design with, uh, with music stuff that that'll always be close to my heart. Um, it's really, it's really tough to, uh, I'm doing a logo for a band right now and it's really tough to do a logo for a band. I think everybody thinks, think that, you know, they want to think that it's like the Holy grail, like, you know, like, but it's really tough to define a band with like a mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like while I love music stuff, like it's probably not my favorite. Uh, I, I really love the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, restaurants and bar branding is, it's super fun because like it's, it's a really good challenge because you're kind of, you're kind of setting a lot of people's first impressions. Um, and that, that's like a big responsibility. Um, so it's, it's a really unique challenge to, to make something that if, if someone's never been there, they see it, they're like, Oh, that looks cool. I want to go there. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of how, like, I always like start out any kind of like restaurant or bar project. It's like, okay, what, what would make me see this place, read this name and be like, man, that sounds really cool. Other than like word of mouth or God forbid Yelp reviews or something. Um, and there's always like a wide array of, um, you know, th- there's like a lot of touch points that you design whenever you're working with a restaurant or a bar. Um, it's not just a logo that you hand off, you know, there's menus, there's signage, there's napkins, there's, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. We're, we're doing this one and, um, that's opening up this spring in Baton Rouge called bum steers. Mm-hmm. And like, we've been involved from like the very beginning, like we named it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're working with the interior designer now to get, you know, like the right color bar stools and the, the right wallpaper in the bathrooms. And, uh, so like it's th- those kind of projects that are just like this full scope. Those are really, uh, rewarding to do. Yeah. Cause it's not just something on a page anymore. It's like a whole experience. Right. And you know, like it's, it's rare that it's rare that I get to like see my work like in the wild because you know, like a lot of, a lot of my clients, you know, like are just kind of scattered all over. Mm -hmm. Um, and not everybody, you know, not everybody sends me a sample of whatever I did for them. I mean, hell, I had to buy my own Mouton glass for the logo I did for the Mouton and white star market. (laughs) Um, you know, so like being able to like walk into a space where it's like everything that like you and your team have like worked on, like that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I, that's funny that because I've had the same situation too. Sometimes where like I show up to something and I'm like, oh, I designed the thing, or I like, took the photos for the company, and like no one at the door knows, or or like if I'm shooting there for like a band, I'm like, no, I'm here to shoot, and they're like, okay, what covers this? I'm like, no, I'm like here, like I'm working for the band. Let right. me in. So sometimes yeah. it's, it's funny to to see how, or like like at salad shop, I do photography for the salad shop, and on their Instagram, and it's like a picture of my hand holding a salad that I took. It's on like the giant menu, and I'll be in there, and I'm like, that's my thumb. Like it's just weird because I'm ordering a salad. Um, <laughs> so it can be fun sometimes, but um, yeah, no, I see your branding all over the place and or I mean your your work all over the place and I love following your Instagram because you do all the the type combo Tuesday things and the different I like how you show designs that didn't make the cut because I feel like sometimes what makes the cut mm-hmm. for a client isn't what represents you anymore and so like for your portfolio you want to show like what you did actually like and so I like that you show that stuff oh totally yeah I think it's really important to show um so I, I don't I don't show a lot of my process because I have I've got a really uh non-traditional process like i don't sketch 
I don't, I don't do like thumbnails or anything that they teach you in school to do. Um, that's always, I, I feel like it's my work history. That's always kind of, uh, I've been in very fast paced work environments. So that's kind of forced me to, to learn to have the process happen in my head mm-hmm. versus on a field notes book or something. And I, I think that, I think it's perfectly okay. A lot of people look at me and like raise an eyebrow. And like, so you don't sketch. And I'm like, no, nah, not really. Like it, it happens in my head. Like whenever I'm talking with a new client and they're telling me like their vision and what they want, like I, I've got about 50 to 60% of like what I know I want to do, like forming during that time, mm-hmm. you know? So then I get straight into like, you know, I cut out that middleman and I go straight into it. Like every now and then I'll sketch something if um if I don't want to sit there and vector it out in Illustrator and like just to see if it'll work, I'll like sketch a quick monogram where all this stuff is like interlocking. Um, because doing that in Illustrator can take a while. So um knowing if it works beforehand is, is good for sketching, but um, you know, that that process is is a little is a little wonky compared to most people's. Well, so do you use like an iPad and or is it Procreate? Is that what all y'all using all that i'm so kind of like I'm, a fake designer i know the terms sometimes but you're not a, you're not a fake designer at all you you do great work yeah so i i use an ipad pro i i i was really excited about it because i, I watched what, what other people did and um you know like i was like oh man this looks so easy and it's really not like you, you really have to dedicate like learning how to use it. i mean it's just like anything else like mm-hmm. it's like whenever clients see something and they're like oh that'll be easy won't it you're just like, no, nah, not really. I, I had to learn how to do that. And it, it's the same thing with Procreate and the iPad. So I've got one. Um, I mess with it every now and then. Um, but I, I, I should use it more. I, I feel like I'm I'm grossly, you know, underusing like a really powerful tool. So I'm hoping that, um, so we went to Adobe Max uh, last October and they announced mm-hmm. something that's going to be like a really big rival for Procreate. Um and I, I just like the Adobe landscape better. You know, I'm so much more familiar with that interface. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think their iPad app is going to be is going to be really awesome. And hopefully, I'll uh, dust off mine and, and use it a little more uh, use it a little more than I have been. I just always hear people talking about that, so I'm like, ah, yes, that must be what everyone uses. But I have one of those. Like, is it? I never. Is it Wacom or Wacom? Uh, Wacom. Um, so it's. Uh, it's Wacom. Wacom. Oh, so it's not even either of those. I've been saying it wrong all this time. But I have one of those, and yeah. I don't. I still don't even know how to use that really. Because, like you said, you have to dedicate. It's like relearning a whole tool, like the mouse, and I still don't even know what all it can do. But I know I have it. It, it, it is. It's it's really it's really tough to to use those. Um, whenever I worked at Lamar, everybody used them. And I was like the weirdo that was like, "Can I just have a mouse?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What? You designed with a mouse?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like I don't, I don't want to, you know, poke around my email with a pen, you know, like I don't want to like touch the field with like the Wacom pen to, to yeah, it, it just felt foreign to me. But yeah, it, it is Wacom, and I was I mispronounced it for years. But um, whenever we put on pop up crop in Portland, Wacom was like a sponsor. We actually had our party at their USA headquarters. Oh, cool. Um, and like. This sounds like a sponsored thing for Wacom, but like, uh, so Wa means uh, harmony in Japanese, and then Kam, which is like a derivative of computer. So it's like harmony between like, uh, you know, humans and computers. Wacom, oh, and uh, I never knew that. Yeah, because like we, we walk, like, oh, Wacom's a really cool place, and they're like, it's not Wacom. <laughs> I've been saying Wacom, and someone's like, no, it's Wacom, and I was like, well, that sounds like Wacom-ol, so I don't want to say that. Yeah, but... it does. <laughs> Well, so on that note, so crop. So tell me about crop and how it got started, and why you had the idea to do it in the first place. Um, so crop is uh, it's it's what is it? Whenever something happens twice a year, biannual is that it? I always say I don't it wrong. Know. Twice a year. Yeah. Right? I, okay. So crop is crop is a, a conference that uh, my wife and I produce uh, twice a year. Um, we do the main one in the spring each year. And, uh, the main one is, uh, we, we say it's the big one, but it's really not a very long conference. It's two days, kind of unofficially three days with a lot of people getting in early and we'll do something, you know, like the night before it really starts. But, um, it's a day full of workshops and a day full of keynote speakers that we kind of like handpick and curate. Um, it, 
I think it used to be, I think our original goal, um, was for it to be a graphic design conference. So we realized after the first year that we wanted it to be more of a creative mm -hmm. conference because handpicking a really solid lineup every such like a specific niche, such as just graphic design, we realized that that would get one probably old, but two, it's also very like, you know, labor intensive to, to continually have a good lineup with just one discipline. Mm -hmm. So now we have like typographers and illustrators, creative entrepreneurs. Um, and yeah, the, the spring one is two days. Uh, we throw a couple of parties. You've, you've been to them. You've, uh, taken some amazing photographs for us. Um, and then, you know, like what we were finding is that interest is, is awesome. Like the, the two months before and like the one month after, but that's, that's just three months out of a 12 month year. And then, you know, like it's, it's like pushing something uphill to get, to get the interest back in the, in the fall, whenever you're gearing up for announcing the next one. Mm -hmm. Um, so what we found is that we, we wanted to do, um, we wanted to do something that brought the interest back up kind of at the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Um, selfishly, we wanted to travel to cool cities to do it. So we started doing, uh, pop-up crops. Um, and those are basically, it's everything the main crop is just condensed into one day. So it's, it's, you know, like you might go to a workshop first thing in the morning and then after that it's a keynote speaker and then another workshop. So like we, we mix the workshops with the, uh, with the talks. Um, we throw a kickoff party and a closing party. Um, we've currently done, we've currently done two of those. We did the first one in Austin, Texas in 2017 and this past August in 2018, we did, uh, we did it in Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. Um, so our plan is to, to continue doing more of those. We've got like a third phase that we're going to be implementing maybe this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we've, we've done five sold out events in, in just three years, you know, we're coming up on, you know, the, the main crop here in April. And, uh, you know, we, we just did it because I, I had spoken at it. I had spoken at a conference and I'd never been to one. Um, and while I was there, I was just like, this is really cool. All these people are into the same thing. And like, they're having fun. They're hanging out afterwards. And I was like, man, like, what if, but it was, it was for a singular company. It was for Lamar. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I talk about type because I'm a big type nerd. Um, but I was like, wouldn't this be cool if it were, if it were like a bigger thing and it was like for all sorts of like designers and stuff and just like naive me, like there's all sorts of stuff like that, you know, but there wasn't one, you know, in our region. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course at, at that time, you know, like, uh, it, I, I feel like anytime, you know, anytime you move away, like the cool restaurant opens or like yes. the, 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 all the cool bands start showing up after you move. So, um, you know, like after we had, after we had moved, uh, from Baton Rouge to Atlanta, um, there seemed to be like this huge surge in design and like the creative scene, uh, down in Louisiana. So it, it kind of felt like good timing to, you know, I provide something there, um, that would be good for the creative community. So yeah, we started in 2016 and here we are in 2019 and, uh, it's been good. It's well, a lot of work. But it's a yeah, lot of fun. Well, I was going to ask you questions about work too, but on that note, that's what I was going to ask as well is, so you were living in Atlanta, but you had ties to Baton Rouge. So why did you choose to have it here? Um, and I mean, I guess you just answered that because there wasn't a whole lot of that kind of stuff going on here. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't. And, you know, it's uh, it sounds so cheesy, but, you know, if it hadn't been for my time there and like the experiences that I had in Baton Rouge, I really wouldn't be where I am, you know, and I don't think I would be who I am. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a giving back sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I feel like you tapped yeah. into uh, a community here that didn't have much going on. I mean, there are some other conferences, and one of my favorites was, as well was Venture Pop, and they just announced that they're not doing it anymore, um, which I'm uh, sad. Yeah, I'm sad about that too, but that was kind of like my two, like crop in the spring, Venture Pop in the fall, like Louisiana's getting somewhere, and um, I think it's just only up we can go from here with cool stuff to do around here, but 
Um, I'm sure. also very nerdy about conferences. I, I got bit with the bug, like, in high school doing student council stuff. Then I was a sorority girl, so we were always doing everything. Like, I want to do all the icebreakers. I want to meet all the people. I love it. And so finding, like you said, people who are interested in what you're interested in is just, like, the most genius thing ever because then it's, like, networking on steroids, um, making so many new friends. Right. So crop has been one of those cool things. And then because, like, the first year it was happening was when I was working full-time at Manship Theater doing graphic design and that's where the conference happens um so that was just cool being a part of that and seeing like everyone that's just so talented that lives around here or comes to speak and it's like you didn't even know some of these people existed and then that puts a spotlight on all this talent yeah it's it's crazy you know like so so many people have said like oh wow i didn't know you know i i didn't know that Baton Rouge was like this cool place or i didn't know that cool things happened there because I, I think a lot of out-of-towners and out of people that are out of country um out of countryers uh whenever they think of louisiana they think of new orleans you know like mm-hmm. you've, you've got if you've never been there you just think of this one thing that it's known for um so it was kind of cool to to expose um you know baton rouge and more of louisiana culture to other people i mean like we've uh, uh last year i think we had people come in from like 20 states mm-hmm. um you know, coming to like downtown Baton Rouge, like that's, that's awesome. We've had people come in from like five different countries. Um, so it's, it's really neat to, to spotlight that. And, um, yeah. So you mentioned it's a lot of work to put on a conference and I can only imagine so, but like, what are some of the things that you have to like, I mean, I don't even know, how do you start? Like, where do you start with that? Um, well, it's, <laughs> it, it helps if you have like an event planning background which Ariadne and I both uh both have um and we were also pretty well connected with with venues and restaurants and like we we both used to work at Manship too Mm -hmm. um back whenever the bar was just like a little closet and it's not that like big crazy thing that it is now um so I mean it's it's definitely a lot of work you have to care enough about actually making it happen than you do talking about making it happen yeah um, so, you know, like it's, it's in a, in a nutshell, it's pick a place, pick a theme, you know, m- make it happen. You know, like we're, we're kind of, a it's, it's not as complicated as, as people think. It's just about, you know, like, are you, are you cool with asking people for sponsor money? Like, are you, are you cool with emailing this venue over and over to get them to reply? Are you you know, like, are you okay with being told no by this keynote speaker that you really, really want? You know, like, do you have a backup if they do tell you no? If they tell you yes, can you pay them $5,000 to come talk? So it's it's just, um, you know, it, it's a full-time job that we somehow pull off on on our off time. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like a lot of logistics. A lot of logistics, a lot of moving parts, we always say. Um, but worth it, for sure. So and they're getting easier to do. Like you know, we're, we we've learned a lot from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we know what to look out for now. Um, yeah. So what kind of opportunities have you gotten out of doing crop? Uh, so everybody always thinks like, man, that must be really good for business, but like it's not because there's like 350 other designers. So it's competition, there. yes. Right. Um, so it's it's not. Uh, it hasn't been you know, like a tool for me getting business or anything. It's definitely afforded me some opportunities, um, because like, like people that do know me from Instagram or like my work on there, um, you know, like I'll, I'll get to meet them in person, you know, because like they'll, they'll come to it because they saw me post about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people. Um, of course, like our, like it's, it's great being able to, being able to, you know, hang out with some of our keynote speakers. I mean, not some, it, it's great to hang out with all of them, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, getting to hang out with them is really cool. Um, getting to travel for the pop-up crops is great. So like th- those kind of, those kind of things, like it's, you know, it's just as much of, um, I don't love the word, but like, it's just as much of a networking opportunity for us as it is the attendees, you know, like we had, like, I've been a big fan of Aaron Draplin since I was like, at LSU, mm-hmm. didn't even really know what design was, but I knew who he was. And, you know, he was, a, he spoke at the first year, he spoke at a pop-up crop, um, he vended in Portland, and, you know, like, 
this August, like we were at his house party for like his new studio. Like that's, that's, if you would have told me that 12 years ago, I'd be like, no way. Like that'll, that'll never, that'll never happen. So like opportunities like that are cool. Um, you know, like it's, it's like getting to meet like your favorite, you know, like one of your favorite bands or, you know, musicians or something. And then next thing you know, you're at a barbecue at their house and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm at so-and-so's house. And like, there's, there's their guitar player and like it's it's cool well that's what i was nerd out a little bit if you've been like fangirling over anybody in particular that you've gotten a chance to like connect with because of crop um i i used to whenever whenever we first started but now i don't really have the time to um (laughs) i don't get to spend as much time with them as, as i would like and that's not really you know like like the, the first year I was like, Oh, I want to pick everybody up from the airport. Like I want to get some one-on-one time with them and like mm-hmm. chat and like be this like really cordial host. And I, I still try to be like as cordial as possible. But if you've ever seen me at a crop, like I look haggard. You're just running around and a lot. Just like really gnarly. Uh, just, yeah. So I don't, I don't get as much uh, time to, to nerd out as, you know, as I would like, but also I, I kind of, I kind of have to dial that back a bit too, because like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy that's like, you know, if somebody else is like, Oh, I saw you spoke at crop. Like, how, how was that? They're like, Oh, it was great. Except the, the, the founder wouldn't stop, you know, asking me questions <laughs> and hanging out with me. So dial it back. Cool. It's hard sometimes. Like, that's how I feel sometimes when I get to work with musicians or something that I'm a fan of. Cause then I'm like trying to play it cool. But in reality, I'm oh. like, freaking out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like I, I can only, I can only imagine like, especially with like some of the shots you get where like, dude, look at this shot of Jordan and you know, like the chili peppers or something. And you're like 10 feet away from her. Like, I would, <laughs> well, that's, it's cool, that's but, and it's funny cause people who see that, they think that I like hung out with a band that were like hanging out. I went to their bus and we, no, it's half the time. I don't get to, they don't know that exists. Like I didn't get to say anything to them. We didn't speak. Like sometimes it is, but sometimes yeah. it's not, but it, the, depending on my shot, it looks like I'm like, in the circle <laughs> not at all but i'm still freaking out from the photo pics i'm like singing along to every word or whatever and um it's yeah. kind of hard sometimes but I, that's how i feel like you would be like with all your graphic design heroes or something if they're all speaking at your conference yeah. it, it's the same like conferences are a lot like music festivals now you know it's like they like really who's, who's, who's the you know like who's the, like your heavy hitter like who's the people you've never heard of but you're gonna love like um so that's kind of cool that's, i never uh, thought I've of got, that anybody cool like music wise wait say that again have you got to meet or hang out with anybody really cool music wise um a couple times so sometimes i don't know that it's someone important until like later and then they're on stage i'm like oh i was eating next to him earlier or (laughs) whatever because like for like uh um sometimes depending on who i'm working for i get to go to the catering sometimes it's the same catering Mm -hmm. that the artists have and everyone looks important because everyone's like in all black and like in combat boots. And like, I'm like, I don't know if you're a sound guy or if you're the lead singer or if you're someone like me. And there was this one, right. this is guy, uh, this past time when I was eating lunch and he was kind of sitting near me and he looked like super cool and he was kind of cute. And I was like, who is this dude? And then later it was a singer of Judah and the lion. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's the guy I saw catering like an hour ago getting like mashed potatoes. Um, so that was kind of funny, but, um, no, like I got to meet LL Cool J cause he hired me to do stuff for him. And like, I got to ride in the van oh, with no. him and do stuff. And he was really nice. He gave me a veggie yes. tray that he didn't want. And he was really nice. Um, but I don't always get to meet the artist. A lot of times I don't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, some people I've met from like afar or it's like they, they're uh-huh. aware that I'm there because I'm shooting an event or whatever, but I don't actually get to like speak. So like GZ yeah. or somebody would like, I was shooting an event for like his whiskey company. And so I was like, he knew that I was the photographer there and like we kind of saw each other, but it, I don't get to like mm-hmm. really chat. Um, but for the most part, everyone seems nice. A lot of times I'm too afraid to like say anything or ask for like a picture with them or I don't know. Cause I don't know the protocol of professionalism. I'm like, what is cool and what's right. not? Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. I, I had a I had a really kind of dial it back experience last year at uh, Shaky Knees Festival. Uh-huh. Um, one of one of my good friends is like the the does most of the design for the festival, and he also does all of the design and like photography for this. Um, have you ever heard of Manchester Orchestra? Yeah, I uh, photographed what's his face from there. Uh, Andy. Yeah, he came to the varsity. He did a solo show with Dustin from Thrice. 
and I got to. Oh, okay. So that actually that's one of the few times I got to interview someone too. I interviewed Dustin, and he was cool. Did a quick yeah. picture of him, and then that was it. But continue, sorry. <laughs> no, like, the the Manchester guys are awesome. So like like by by relation, you know, like with with our uh, with our friend um, Brian, we've we've gotten to meet and hang out with like the Manchester guys. And uh, we had all access passes to Shaky Knees, so like we're like in the artist village. Yeah. And you know, like like the the Manchester guys are like so down to earth and like super nice. Um, but then like you're seeing like Cake walk by, and yeah. then uh, my real freakout moment was uh, uh, Josh from Queens of the Stone Age. Like I, I was walking to the uh, to the restroom. That's a cool story, right? Um, <laughs> and and he and I look over to my to my left, and like he's just standing there, and like he was talking to somebody that looked really really drunk, and he looked annoyed. And I wanted so bad to just like uh, like save him or something, be like, hey man, like like be be that you know be that hero but i was like man i'm just gonna like stutter and fumble over my words and uh yeah it was it's crazy like walking around like those areas and like seeing like all these people i would i I, I couldn't do it on a regular basis i would embarrass myself all the stuff that they get in the artist village there's massages there's like ivs for if you're hungover there's just like and so it's it's weird walking around to be like i'm just here i don't need any of those things like yeah, it's it's crazy. Like they they had all that stuff. They had a um, they had a, a tattoo like a mobile tattoo mm. thing set up where like you know I guess maybe I, I don't have any tattoos, so I guess maybe like that's a thing. Like they're you know like you're just backstage and like I guess I'm gonna go get a tattoo. Like they had it was one crazy. Of those at um at South by Southwest last year, Doc Martens had a a big activation somewhere yeah. on uh, Rainy Street, and um it they had like white reaper and tanache and all these people performing but you could like the vip area you could get free tattoos on site and doc martens was sponsoring it all so and then they were giving free doc martens to everyone and i was like that's a really cool brand activation that's like so on brand for them like to have like all these rock bands and like free tattoos and like free boots um but no it's crazy sometimes or even just like at the vip sections of some of these festivals i'm like wait tickets cost how much like this was like a two thousand dollar weekend for you to be able to come back here because <laughs> i'm just here taking pictures <laughs> like yeah yeah it'll um I, I can imagine it spoils you being able to uh, like it spoils you for having to go to like a concert as a regular person you know like does it <laughs> yeah because i don't know what to do with my hands because i'm just yeah. like i i feel like i'm missing out but then it's also like work when you're shooting like whether True. it's still fun, yeah. but it's still just like you're you're so on high guard because you don't want to miss anything. And then when mm-hmm. you're at a concert, I'm like still stressed out because I'm like I feel like that would have been a good shot. That would have been a good shot. That was good lighting. Oh, I didn't get that picture because I'm not here shooting. So it's kind of hard. Right. Um, my boyfriend Christian is also a musician, so a lot of times he'll come to the same concerts I shoot. And if I'm shooting the first three songs and I have to get out of the pit and he's deep into the crowd, I'm not gonna like try to go find him just to have to go back for the mm-hmm. next three for the next band. So a lot of times we end up watching concerts separate at the same concert because of that. And so that's not very fun. So it's fun for him when I actually don't shoot and I just go with him. <laughs> Otherwise he's alone. But yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah. I have FOMO. I like to get the photos that I can. And it's, it's really, really heartbreaking when I get denied to show to show, shoot a show or, or you get there and the oh, lighting's man. bad or something, but, um, I can imagine. Yeah. But I, I try to shoot the bands that I like to listen to. So it works out. <laughs> Nice. Um, so on that note, have you ever gotten to do design work for a festival or something? Cause I feel like sometimes those can be a fun branding project. It looks like, um, so not for a straight up music festival. Um, I've gotten to work with, with a handful of bands. I got to do a lot of stuff for, uh, fish's fall tour, uh, okay. last, uh, this past fall, which is, um, a unique band um so it was, it was fun to do stuff in that space but like never a music festival i've always wanted to we've done a couple things for um you know like food festivals in baton rouge like we did um we at ashco did the baton rouge oyster fest okay. um we did all of their stuff last year they're coming up on their second year the people that produced that they just started bandito fest which is like uh barbecue and tacos and uh there's a big live music portion of it so i'm i'm hoping we get to kind of i'm hoping we get to really dig into some of that stuff mm-hmm. um because it, it'll feel like a music festival to me um but yeah i've, I've always wanted to do festival graphics um 
I think it'd be a lot of fun to brand like a whole because like like all the like the stage scrims and yeah, it's all you know the the barricades and like the lanyards and the badges and the wristbands. Like I, mm. I, I want to do one from the ground up one day. So if anybody's listening that's about to produce a music festival, uh, holler. <laughs> yeah, hire Matt or Ash yeah. or something. But no, I I. <laughs> always see like the um the lineup releases for festivals on facebook and sometimes i'm like that's a really cool graphic like i can't believe like someone got to make that for their job like i think acl's last year was like really cool and colorful from what i remember yeah um and so i always see that stuff and just wonder like that's someone's job they got to do that (laughs) i know it's crazy it's definitely uh it's definitely one of those uh upper tiered things that where you think of graphic design you're like i want to do that versus like this catalog for uh, breeding bulls or something, you know, so <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah. Same thing with Which photography. Like sometimes you're just photographing someone's baby in a basket and sometimes you're photographing the red hot chili peppers that you never know. So, um, right. but no. So with that being said, what are some of like the biggest frustrations or obstacles that you've had, like with a career in graphic design? Um, there, there's a lot, uh, and even though there are a lot, it doesn't outweigh the good. But they, they are there are some that are troublesome. Um, I think the fact that a lot of people don't understand what it is that we do, um, it doesn't allow them to value it as much as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I think they they see things. I, I can't tell you how many times like we've gotten revisions and they're just like, oh, I'm sure this will just take you a couple of minutes like do do this and you're like no dude that's gonna like probably take two or three hours <laughs> um so like the, the lack of people understanding what we do creates a lot of headaches like when it comes to pricing and they're like oh it's gonna be this much to to brand my restaurant and like well yeah i mean like you've invested all this money and everything else and then like you want to you want to like skimp on literally like you know going back to what we said earlier people's first impression yeah, I, oh, I'll get my nephew to do it or, you know, like, so the general public, like, I, I feel like design is kind of shifting to where it's becoming more of a thing. Like stuff is starting to look better, like in grocery stores. And like, I feel like people are starting to care a little bit more about design. And I think it's because so much stuff is like easily accessible. Like, I like, you know, I've got like a handful of followers on Instagram and like a lot of people just aren't designers. They're just like, Oh, this looks cool. Like I said, mm-hmm. like, I'll get messages and people are like, oh, I'm not even a designer, but I really like it. So I feel like the more accessible it is, it's kind of helping educate the public a little bit, um, that good design matters. Um, also like a, a, another big hurdle and probably my least favorite, um, is just the lack of trust um, that we have a lot of times mm-hmm. and, you know, it like you, you hire, like, it's like if you hired a contractor to come in and knock out a wall, I wouldn't be telling that contractor, well, you should probably be doing it this way. Or like, what about this? What if you did like, and it, it's funny how like we, we operate in this field where people kind of like feel it's okay to do that. And I'm just, you know, like, look, man, like, I'm not doing this logo for you. And I, I say this a lot. I've said it on a handful of other podcasts and I've said it to a handful of clients and they don't like it. Um, some of them do, some of them appreciate it, but it's like, you know, like not designing this for you. I know like you are writing the check. It is coming out of your bank account, but this logo isn't really for you. It's for the the public, you know, like you, you hired me for a reason. Let, let me do this thing. That's going to attract business to come into your establishment. Um, yeah, so the, the lack of trust is definitely something to, uh, I don't know, it, it's it, it's a hurdle for sure. And, you know, like we've, we've had a couple of uh, uh, good Southern saying, come come to Jesus moments with them, where we're like, look, like, you've got to trust us on this. Like, yeah. like stop second guessing us. Um, like, that's, that's always where, and uh I mean, those two things are are the biggest hurdle, you know, everything else is like small potatoes, but those are definitely some hurdles that even 11, almost 12 years in, they, they don't get any easier. You, you just learn how to deal with them better. Mm -hmm. I find that I have the same, the same conversations or lack of conversations because sometimes I'm bad at confrontation, but, um, with that, with photography and it's, it's the same along the lines of like, you hired me to do a job. Let me do my job. Like if you hire a plumber, you're not going to tell them how to do the job. Just like you said, um, and 
I always loved there's that that whole saying and I think I've said it everywhere but that like if you go to the Apple store and you want an iPhone but you can't afford it you don't like haggle with them you just say okay I'll be back like when I can get it but like for whatever reason in our field it's like no well this is our budget this is what we're doing or I'll just get my my sister to do it my nephew or whatever and you don't Mm -hmm. you don't approach other things that way you don't go to like a restaurant and say like well I like the food what's the recipe like I want to take it home and do it myself next time no, like, oh, it, yeah, totally. It's not the same, or, or like, oh, I want the. There's that other metaphor I always use too for like raw files and the finished product and all that. And it's like, I want you to bake me a cake, but I want you to give me the eggshells and everything else too. Or I don't want the finished cake, I just want all the stuff you made it with. And it's like, no, you want like what you're paying me for for the whole final thing. You don't need just raw files, you want unedited stuff. And I find it that for whatever reason, we have to fight for that more in what we do. I don't know yeah. why it is. Oh, no, definitely. Um, it's, yeah, that, that's, that's another big hurdle. Um, and especially with pricing, like pricing is so tough. Like I, I'm still not great at it. Um, luckily, you know, like we, you know, again, that's one of those things that you get better about. And, uh, I just gave a talk to a school last month and, you know, hearing what some of those kids are charging for logo designs, it's just like, like you, you gotta, you got to value yourself more to make other people value you. I, I would much rather, you know, have a bunch of people say no to me and then the right person say yes. Um, because those people that are saying no, they're probably gonna be a pain in the ass to work with anyway. Yes. Um, and it, it feels like the ones that always nickel and dime you are like always like the, the micromanagers, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, interesting. And, and, and it's funny that, you know, like you're talking about, how like they, they want to piecemeal things or, you know, like have like all this access to, you know, the, the eggs and the flour and whatever else it took to bake the cake. Um, like I, I also find that as designers, like we, we kind of get, uh, is your podcast PG? You can curse if you need to. It's already explicit because <laughs> I cursed in the first well, episode. So it ruined the whole thing. I, I, you know, I've, we've encountered a handful of clients that like, they just seem to think that because they're paying us, like that they can kind of like treat us like shit or like talk down to us. And that, that's another thing. Like, I, I just, I don't understand like how normal humans in like everyday interact. Like I would never do that to like a lawyer or right. some other like professional, but like with us, like I, I feel like people are like, well, I'm paying you to do this. Oh well, yeah, dude, you pay for a lot of stuff. You know, like do you treat everybody else like garbage? You know, like, like, it's it's funny it's i mean you kind of have to laugh at it because like if you if you dwell on it too much it's just you know it it ruins people for you (laughs) yeah no and i i had an experience once with a a person who was two hours late for a shoot with me and i talk about it in another episode i haven't uh released it yet but it it was i had to drive an hour for the shoot and then they were two hours late to it so i had already driven an hour so i waited because i was like well what's i mean i'm already here then they were two hours late with no explanation, but then I found out she had gotten her makeup done. And I'm like, so were you two hours late to get your makeup done? Like, I'm wondering, if you're this late for me, are you this late for everything? Or is it because you're, oh, yeah. you're a photographer, doesn't matter. Either way, I still sat there for two hours after I drove an hour waiting on you. And it's like, well, so are you that late to, like, your dentist appointments and to your job and everything else? Right. That Yeah, that's 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 a really good spin on it. And it, it it's funny. Like, I don't know what it is about creatives. People just, uh, people feel they can push us around we're not going to take it i know and i, I didn't want to get but, so negative but, but we this, will but <laughs> we, we will know, take yeah. it and we probably will we, we will absolutely take it and we will because <laughs> uh, i don't like confrontation either we'll just be like oh, okay cool yeah, too <laughs> awkward um but so i guess on a more positive note what are some of the most positive experiences you've had with clients who've like enjoyed your work and or things that you've seen where your design has really helped their business or whatever um you know i I've only had a couple of like just complete failures mm-hmm. where it the project just didn't work. Um, and that's, you know, like I have to look at that as like, okay, like two and, and like, it's literally two, it's like two, two projects, one recently. And then, you know, I had one, you know, from a couple of years back, but I look at that and I look at all the successes that I've had, you know, like I look at people that have opened businesses that have, you know, like open new businesses because of it and they come back to me. Um, I try to, I, most, most of the work that I get, um, and most of the time when people reach out to me 
it's because somebody else had a positive experience with me. So that's super rewarding. Um, you know, being, you know, you don't want to be too much of a pushover, but like you also don't want to be a jerk. Um, so like being, being easy to work with is, you know, that that's, that's been huge. Like I, I try to treat clients like the way I, you know, I would, I would treat somebody if, if I were hiring them mm-hmm. um, and they were working. Uh, so th- that's, that's been like word of mouth, like people saying good things about you, like that'll always outweigh people, you know, talking trash about you, which mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we get into too many spots as creators where people, you know, uh, talk trash about us. But, uh, word of mouth is like really flattering because, you know, like that's somebody that, you know, they're talking about you outside of your working relationship with them like that. That to me has always been really cool. Um, I've, you know, I've gotten to do some really great projects. Uh, I've gotten, you know, like doing stuff for fish was, was a huge deal for me cause I was a fan for, you know, like since I was in high school, I like all sorts of music, but like that's a, that's a, a niche that, you know, is, I don't know, music industry. Um, that was fun. Uh, getting to, getting to do restaurants and walk in like that really, really cool. Um, I don't know. Like there's, there's been a lot of successes. I'm not trying to say there's like too many where I can't really pinpoint, but, um, I mean, pleasing people and like doing a good job. Like it's like, you know, like you're like that dog and you're getting a pat on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, you know, I, I really, I enjoy, I mean, I enjoy just, you know, making things happen for people. Like, it's really awesome that, you know, the people that do trust you, trust you to just come up with something out of thin air. Like, like you're literally making something where there was nothing. And like that, you know, all these years in, that never ceases to like be kind of amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget like, that too. Like the word creative or creator is like you're literally making something. And I always forget that that's what is happening. Like you're taking what already exists or doesn't exist and like turning it into something fresh or new or like useful for someone else and it's like kind of common sense but like if you really think about it it's the most rewarding thing because you're like oh like what I just did will literally help them get more customers or it made their day or they put it on their wall or whatever um yeah and it's crazy and and like that's that that's the kind of stuff that you know like of course there are projects that I love and like maybe that's what you wanted to hear like but to me like that that that's the success is you know like creating something for somebody that's like helped them Mm -hmm. um I've had a lot of really cool things happen. You know, I've had some great experiences. Um, you know, uh, I, I have this, I have this thing, it's called make shit till you make it because like, I really hate the term fake it till you make it. Mm. Um, so like, and like that, that ethos is like to just continually make stuff and like things will happen. Um, and I, I've got all these weird examples that have happened to me like over, over the course of like, my career. Like I just posted something yesterday. Um, like whenever Tom Petty passed away, I did this weird abstract illustration and like, I just made something, you know, it wasn't for a client. It was just, I put it on Instagram and then like a member of his road crew through like looking at Tom Petty hashtags, they found, um, my Instagram and that like they found that picture that I drew of him or like that weird little abstract thing that I made. And, they hired me to brand like their, their company, like that they were starting on the side. And like, this is a person that's toured with Tom Petty, like all over the world. And like, just because like I, I, I used my iPad pro that time, uh, (laughs) I used my iPad pro and I put, I just made something and I got something out of it. Like that was really cool. Um, you, you know, all the little cassettes that I do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a sticker. Nice. That's awesome. I've got a lot more coming too. I'll have to give you some of crop, but uh, I, you know, I drew a square cassette because, and it was, I like drawing cassettes and another guy that was across the country in Los Angeles, he saw it. He started following me on Instagram. He started looking through, um, my work and he and his brother and a couple of other partners were starting a brewery in Portland, Oregon. And he found me because like I'm sitting on my computer one night watching Brooklyn nine, nine or something and drawing a a little square cassette because I'm a music nerd. Um, so like it's making something and putting things out in the world and continuing to, you know, like not everything has to have an objective and like right. the, the instances that have 
you know, like the successes and cool opportunities I've had from just like little throwaway Instagram posts, you know, like that's really cool. Like that's, that's a big, that's a big success for me as well. I think that I like your phrase, the make shit until you make it because it's, it's so true. And I don't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I, I was in this vicious cycle of posting work that I didn't like and then getting that same kind of work over and over again. And someone had told me like, well, put out in the world what you want to get hired for. And I was like, well, I want to get hired for like music photography. And they were like, well, go find musicians to photograph. And I truly was like, I don't even, so I posted on Facebook, like which bands locally need photos. Like I'll give them to you for free if you let me come in and do it. And I mean, once I started like only posting like colorful things and music stuff and, and all that, that's the kind of hired work I would get. And it's so true. It's like what you're putting out there is like what you're going to get back. And that's even true. Like for how I got the job doing stuff at Manship, like I didn't graduate in graphic design. I wasn't really even sure that I did graphic design. I just said I always played on mm-hmm. Photoshop and, and whatever. And, um, yeah, yeah. I had to have a portfolio to apply with. And I was like, well, I don't really have a ton of work. I just know I can do it. So I had like made fake, like, concert posters out of the photos I took and and then that's how I got hired and it's funny how like no one hired me to do that yet but then now like I just did the Blues Fest poster and it's crazy because if you just make stuff for fun then it can turn into real things but you have to like do it because if you keep waiting on getting hired for stuff you're going to keep getting hired for the same things and it's like a hamster wheel oh yeah absolutely um you know I I feel like one person says that every year and I, I hope that continues because it never gets old, you know, like put, you know, put out the work that you want to get. Um, and if that's, if you want to do beer packaging and you're not, all these beer companies aren't knocking on your door to, <laughs> to work for them, you know, like ask, like if, if you hear of a new brewery open up, like go be like, Hey man, like I, I want to take a shot at doing your logo or your mm-hmm. packaging or, you know, do self-initiated projects are huge. Like, if you've never done a coffee company, like start, you know, make a, make a fake bag for Heffler coffee co hashtag yeah. the hell out of it. You know, like it, it doesn't have, like I, I get so many students asking me like if it's okay to have projects that aren't real. And I'm, I'm, I'm always like, yeah, absolutely. I feel like professors maybe, you know, like kind of, kind of shy, shy, that or like shy away from that like for like their portfolios and stuff and i'm like well how else are you going to build it because like as designers we're always in this weird catch-22 where you want to you want to get this job and they're like yeah but we we need more experience they're like well how the hell do i get that experience right to, to, to get to get the job that requires more experience and like you can't wait around for it to happen like build build stuff yourself like take the initiative and you know make that fake concert poster mm-hmm. or you know coffee packaging or beer can design and you know like i've had kids in the interview tell me like yeah i just i just wanted to i don't know I, i've never done anything like that so i i've got this it's not a real project or anything i think that's great you know like it you still did shares initiative yeah yeah like the the can still looks great or the the coffee bag or whatever like as long as it looks good it doesn't have to be real or not you know like you like there's a lot to be said just because it was done. I hear a lot about that with photographers and I don't shoot weddings myself, but it's a big thing in the wedding community to, to team up with a bunch of vendors and do a fake wedding. So everyone gets the exact type of content that they want to market because the perfect wedding never comes along with the perfect client, perfect lighting, perfect venue. So a lot of people get together, aspiring models, Mm -hmm. florist, venue, whatever photographer. And then they, they stage a wedding and then they all take pictures and they all share them with each other. And then that's what they use in their website to market their ideal situation so it, i know i don't shoot weddings but that's, i always thought that was a cool brilliant. idea because it's genius because everyone's getting something out of it no one's getting paid from it but everyone's working together so it's <laughs> like you can like you said like find a brewery who just open or like your friend just opened a business like it's like a mutual trade if you like you both help you each other out doing something and i think there's so many oh, ways yeah. you can cross promote things that way and i'll and I'll, I'll still do stuff for free just because i want to do it you know i'm just like okay well mm-hmm. I know that like this band doesn't have a big budget, but I love their album. I'm going to do this for them. Um, so yeah, I mean like there are all sorts of ways to get, to get the kind of work that you want to do. You just gotta, you just gotta go for it. Cause like I spent a long time, like constantly, uh, you know, looking at what other people were doing. I'm just like, man, why, why don't I get to do that? And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta create. Yeah. You gotta get out of that. So 
Well, so I kind of want to get like your little elevator speech for this year's crop conference so everyone can hear about like who's speaking, like when is it, how can they get tickets, give me the whole rundown. Okay, cool. Well, um, let me slide here real quick. Uh, <laughs> because my, my memory is overloaded with, with many things right now. Um, but yeah, so uh, crop coming up this year is April 18th and 19th. Uh, like I said earlier, it's going to be two days. We're going to have a full day of workshops. Um, we're going to have a kind of creative entrepreneur workshop, uh, like a side gig sort of deal uh, with Allie Mounts and Claire Freeman from Pretty Useful Co. They're awesome. They're out of Memphis. Um, we're going to have an industry print shop and French paper workshop where you're uh, going to be pulling like your own posters and hearing about the design process uh, from CSA Design, who will be designing the posters. And then uh, industry will, of course, be printing them. Brian French will be talking about paper and uh, their relationship with CSA Design, who does, handles all the awesome-looking French stuff. Uh, hand lettering with Lisa Quine. She's an incredible hand letterer, um, one of the sweetest people I've ever met. Uh, and she's going to be doing a really, a really rad hands-on um, hand lettering. We do hand lettering every year, but it's just, I mean... It's it's so cool to see different people's uh, takes on it and you know their their tips and tricks, and then we'll have a uh, my my main man Michael Fugoso who goes by Fugstrader on Instagram. This dude's incredible. Um, talking about like getting putting the kind of work that you want to get out into the world. He's uh he's going to be giving a workshop on literally just that like how to how to get business from your Instagram. Like he's amassed over like almost like sixty thousand followers. He's worked with. Um, a big space company that I can't say their name, Mm -hmm. uh, because of stuff that like he's, he's put out on Instagram. Like it's crazy. So, um, those are going to be our workshops. Um, there'll be block schedule. It'll be like you're going to school. Like you start at 9am you go to this class, this class, this class. Uh, and then of course we'll have, um, a kickoff party, uh, downtown and we will then do the next day, uh, keynote speakers on Friday and we've got Snask out of Stockholm, Sweden, and you know they're this hyper creative uh, like ad agency. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of design work, but like con- their concepts are just like out of this world. They're um, they're really a they're a really uh, radical like, and I mean that in like, like every sense. Creative Lauren Home, um, who is just incredible, uh, hand letterer. She's um, She's just uh, we're we're really fortunate to have her because like she's doing like all the biggest conferences ever right now. So like bringing her to like Baton Rouge is just like that's that's going to be something really rad. Uh, John Contino out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, if if you haven't heard of John Contino, you really should should look him up. His work is uh, it's amazing. He's got this really raw uh, hand drawn style, uh, and he's he's worked with all sorts of really rad clients. So we've got Lauren Dickens out of Austin, Texas. Um, I probably, I'm probably not supposed to have favorites, but she's probably one of my favorite graphic designers ever. Like she's just, she's incredible. Uh, she spoke at pop-up crop a couple of years ago. So we're bringing her to the big stage this year. Uh, we've got grits co out of Houston, Texas. It's a husband and wife duo. Um, really awesome style. They were on a clothing brand. Um, they're, um, they'll be vending as well. So all the cool stuff you see on stage, you'll be able to go buy too. And, uh, their, their story is really, really great. Um, James Victoria, uh, James Victoria, he's like, he's an author, he's a designer. Um, but he does like these really crazy, like very expressive, like typographic posters. Um, he's been like on the New York times bestseller list, um, spoken all over the world. So we're super stoked to have him. And then, um, we've got Adam Vicarell who, uh, he's a designer and a hand letter, but he's also an amazing dancer. If you uh, if you look at our uh, crop after party video from the last year, you'll uh, you'll see some of the sweet uh, dance moves that he did at the Good Type Challenge. Um, but he's he's going to be coming in from Denver, Colorado, and then it's hosted by the Powerpump Girls, uh, Raina and Shireen. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be um, on stage all day introducing people. I think everybody's going to have walk up music this year, which Ooh. is really cool. So I think we're gonna have a DJ on stage where uh, we're, we're gonna work the kinks out for that, but. Um, yeah, and then we'll have an after party uh, at Lyceum Dean with uh, the Snask band. So Snask has a record label as well. Oh, cool. Um, so like we're bringing their band in from Sweden, and their band's going to play 
Um, and we're going to have the good type challenge where we'll have the huge canvases and, you know, four artists will each get a letter that spells out crop or pork or corp. Or <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll try to arrange them in the right order. Um, and yeah, you can go to cropcons.com and, uh, get all the other info. Uh, you can look a little more in depth to our lineup and you can register there as well. Uh, workshop tickets are almost sold out. So I would, I, w- I wouldn't suggest waiting for sure. Okay. Um, and I'm going to link all these things in my show notes for everybody and we'll be doing some sort of giveaway, um, which I just need to figure out the kinks, but I will attach that to the end of this podcast episode whenever that's figured out, but I'll be there, um, doing stuff for manship and I'm excited. So, okay. Well, where can everyone find you and your work? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at stay gray pony boy. Um, you can find crop at crop cons and you can find Ashco at the Ash collective. Perfect. I will link all this. All of our stuff is on Instagram. It's, it's the easy, it's the most easy updatable, uh, quote unquote website. It's like anybody that ever wants to see my work. Like I'm like, look, it's up to the day. Like if you go to my website, it's gonna be old stuff. If you go to Instagram, like you're going to see what I made yesterday. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Do what you want radio, Matt. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Hey, y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and follow if you're on Spotify. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at dowhatyouwantradio.com. I am super active on my Instagram account, at Jordan Heffler, if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep doing what you want. (laughs) Did that sound too fake?